0: This is Case Closed, crime stories from the golden age of radio.
1: This is Case Closed. Welcome back. Thanks for joining me this Wednesday for another hour of old-time radio crime stories. We'll begin this week with Sherlock Holmes and the adventure of the Uttington Witch, his story from October 31st, 1948. After that, it's Fear Came First from the Crime Club, their episode from March 13th, 1947.
2: From New York City, the makers of Clipper Craft Clothes for Men, and more than 1,200 leading retail stores from coast to coast, present that immortal character created by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the world's most famous detective, Sherlock Holmes, starring John Stanley. <laughs> this week's story, The Adventure... Of the Uddington Witch.
3: Oh! Yes,
1: Watson? You say you saw a shadow down into this forest after the murder? I did, Watson, and it was an extraordinary shadow indeed. What do you mean? I saw what was apparently a witch, Watson. A a witch? Precisely. The Black Witch of Uddington. The local townsfolk say she still prowls this forest...
2: Good evening, Dr. Watson. Good evening, Mr. Harris. And what adventure are you working on tonight, Doctor?
1: One of the strangest and weirdest in my memoir. Holmes and I always referred to it as the Adventure of the Uddington Witch. The Adventure of the Uddington Witch. Sounds like something to raise the goosebush Indeed it is, Mr. Harris. First, Mr. Harris, I know you have something to say about Clipper floats.
2: Indeed I do. The day you wear your new Clippercraft suit for the first time, your friends are likely to wonder whether you came into an unexpected fortune. Your suit will fit as perfectly and feel as comfortable as if it were custom-made. The rich-looking fabrics will give you long, dependable service. If your admiring friends wonder about your clippercraft suit costing only $40 or $45, suggest that they drop into the independent store in your community that sells clippercraft. This store is one of more than 1,200 of America's finest stores from coast to coast. That combine their enormous purchasing power to keep your dollar from losing weight. That's why Clippercraft can offer you beautifully tailored worsted suits at an unbelievably low $45. Right now, your Clippercraft store can show you one in your favorite style and color. See his selection of top coats and overcoats, too, and see for yourself how true it is that Clippercraft values can't be beat. Compare Clippercraft with clothes selling for many dollars more. Ooh. Now, Dr. Watson, what's this adventure of the Uddington Witch all about?
1: Well, Mr. Harris, it took place in 99, as I recall. Holmes and I were taking our ease at Baker Street one evening when we received an urgent and certainly a bizarre telegram. It came from Uddington, a town in the Shire of Lanark, in the lowlands of Scotland. And it was from a Lord Dunbar, master of Heathercliff Manor. It begged Holmes to come to the manor with all possible speed stating that a witch had spirited away his mother in the dark of night. A witch? Exactly, sir. A witch. Naturally, Holmes's curiosity was immediately aroused, and we resolved to take the noon train the following day. But little did we know, as we read the telegram, that tragic events were already in the making at Uddington on that very same evening. It began with Lord Dunbar in his study. Who's there? There. Ruth? Hester? Why, ladies, don't you answer? I, I lost my jaw. Someone has to disturb me. Well, what do you... <laughs> you!
3: i I, Lord Dunbar! i The Black Witch of Addington! I come to bring me the death and the wicked baba. <laughs> <No. laughs>
1: Yes, I was in bed when it came. Positively ghastly, too. Seemed to come from Uncle Andrew's study.
3: Oh, yes, Bruce. Please hurry. Something's wrong. Terribly wrong. Come
1: on, Aunt Hushka. Let's have a look. Here's the study. Uncle Andrew. Uncle Andrew. Bruce, there's no answer. Then we'd better look in. The door's open. Like. Right. Good God. The witch's revenge. Andrew. I was wondering when you were coming back to the compartment. Our train is due in Eddington very shortly. Unfortunately, my dear Watson, we're too late to help Lord Dunbar. Too late? What do you mean? I've just seen a copy of a Newcastle newspaper brought aboard at the last station. Lord Dunbar was murdered early this morning. What? Foully murdered, Watson. Found dead in his study with a steel spike driven through his heart. A spike? Good Lord. Does this method of murder suggest anything to you, Watson? Why? Why, no, Holmes, I can't say it does. and you're not up on your lord of demons and witches, my dear fellow. It so happens that the witches, as recently as 200 years ago, were believed to have tortured and stabbed their victims with pins, needles, and sometimes small slight good heavens! It may also interest you to know, Watson, that the history of Lord Dunbar's antecedents gives this macabre affair a rather grim and yet fascinating twist. What do you mean? An ancestor of Lord Dunbar's in the late 17th century was one of witchdom's most mortal enemies. As Chief Justice of the highest court here in the Scottish Lowlands, he hanged many a witch at Gallow Lee, or tied them to a stake on the sands until the tide came up to end their misery. Holmes, oh. oh, you're not suggesting that this is some kind of witch's revenge? I'm suggesting nothing, Watson, until I have a look at Pevacott Manor and its remaining inhabitants. <laughs> the tape driver. Aye, sir. When shall we arrive at Hedek's Manor? If you look sharp yonder, you'll see the lights of the accursed house. Just beyond that wood. You think it has some sort of curse, there? Eh? Aye, it sure is money, Miss Angus Tavish. It's surely haunted by the black ones. You see that wood now? Yes. What about it, Tavish? It was there that the chief justice, Lord William Dunbar, burned the famous witch, Isabella Whitburn. The safety she stole a treasure chest of his and hid it somewhere in the woods. She was his cook, you see, and dealt in the black magic. It was there... Among those trees, the witches meet for the Sabbath on rumour's Day. Aye, but you'll never catch Angus Pavis taken the wood road for the black witch of our ancient Rome. I'm driving you the long way around the moor. I can't say I blame him, Herb. It's due to dark in among those trees, I must say.
3: Ah!
1: Uh... Good lord, what's that? It's the witch, the cursed witch. Mrs. screaming and carrying on again. Have it quick, drive us through the wood road. Uh, no, 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 sir. There's Look, a fiver in it for you if you do. Uh, I wouldn't take that road even if you gave me the treasure. just the black witch falling very far. Come on, Watson. Let's get out of this carriage. Holmes, what on earth are you going to do? Put, uh... Watson, follow me. Run, man, run. Uh... luck with us, perhaps we can beard this witch in her den. <laughs>
3: Do you hear? What?
1: The? You fool.
3: Oh,
1: oh, oh, it's you, Holmes. Yes, and you almost winged me with that revolver. Oh, my mate, oh, you know you. Oh, dash it all, I'm sorry. The truth is, I, I, I'm in a terrible sweat. I, I've been running through this foul wood, expecting every, every shadow under every tree to lead to the attack. Heard any more of that screaming and hacking, Watson? Oh, that confounded witch must have retired to the night home. Gee. strange. Very strange we covered every foot of this wood. It's only a few hundred feet in every direction, yet no sign of our cackling friend. Oh, I might say, Holmes, I'd be just as happy if I never see it. Even the Black Witch of Uddington, with all her magical powers, couldn't vanish into thin air so fast. And that maniacal cackling seemed to come from this grove of oak trees here. Oh, I'd say it came from Hades, Holmes. The Jews, it sounds as though she were being tortured and burned at some stake. Yes, a terrifying effect, Watson, and well calculated to keep the curious away. Come, Watson. Well, where to now, Holmes? Suppose we go to the house and meet its occupants. I take it you are Bruce Lennox, nephew of the deceased. Yes, Mr. Holmes, I am. You have no idea what a relief it is to have you and Dr. Watson here. I I knew my uncle had written you and... might. I might add we arrived in a most unorthodox manner. The a small wood in the rear of the house. Yes, I heard the most terrifying cackling and screaming there, Mr. Glenick Couldn't find a trace of the Dice Witches. I know. Thank you, gentlemen, I admire you for your courage. I count myself as brave as any man and not addicted to superstition. But I, for one, never had the nerve to enter that wood at night. Well, I can't say I blame you much. Now then, Mr. Glennock. a question or two. Yes, Mr. Holmes? Have the official police been here? Yes, this morning. But the local constable found nothing. Conducted only a hurried investigation. I'm afraid he is as much frightened by the legend as anyone else. Perhaps, but at the moment I'm not interested in legends, but in facts. This chain of tragedy, I understand, began with the disappearance of your great aunt. Yes, Lord Dunbar's mother. She disappeared from her room a few nights ago, and she's heard nothing of her since. You think, then, that she was taken by this this black witch of Uddington? I don't know, Mr. Holmes. She might have just wandered off. My great aunt Emily, well, she was... So they say, somewhat eccentric. In what way, Mr. Holmes? Oh, she kept muttering to herself, living in the past. Definitely unbalanced, Doctor Watson. But as far as I know, completely harmless. I see. Now then, are there any servants here at the manor? Only two. The rest have been frightened off. Who are these two? Cook and the gardener. And Lady Dunbar. Where is she? I should like to talk to her. Oh, I'm I'm sorry, Mr. Holmes, but I should not advise it now. Lady Dunbar is in her room, indisposed. The the shock. Oh, quite. And now, Mr. Glennick, we should like to examine the body of your late uncle, Lord Dunbar. Good Lord, Holmes. What a ghastly sight. No wonder young Glennick excused himself the moment he showed us to the study here. A sharp spike driven directly into Lord Dunbar's heart. Yes. And with considerable strength, I might add, Watson... Well, what's this? What's what? There seems to be some fresh soil on the lower part of this fatal spike. Fresh soil. Like, and observe what's in the peculiar shape of this spike, long and narrow, and the remnant of a bit of string attached to the spike head. Well, I can't say I consider all this significant Holmes, you know I oh come in. And Mary Whitman, the cook. Yes? Mr. Glennick rouse me from my bed to prepare a hot supper for you. Find it in the dining room, and give a mind to it. Thank you, Mary. We'll be along presently. As you wish, sir. Hmm. Rather a peculiar coincidence, don't you think, Watson? You mean Holmes? I mean this cook, Mary Whitburn. There's the same family name as the Isabella Isabella Whitburn, the Black Witch of Addington. By Jove, Holmes, you're right. A remarkably ugly woman too, is that? Mole on her cheek? Ah, yes, Watson, that mole on her cheek. Another peculiar coincidence. What do you mean? In the days when witchcraft was at its heyday, Watson, every witch bore what was called a witch's mark. And usually it was a mole. Don't you mean this cook, Mary Whipton, might be the it's of... a bit too early to draw any conclusion as yet, my dear Watson. But come, let's have a look at the garden. The garden? What for? I should like to examine the flower bed. Uh Aha, look here, Watson. Holmes, what are you... Just as I surmised, note these spikes connected by strings. The gardener uses them to take off these flower beds. By Jove! The spike used to kill Lord Dunbar is very similar to this. And it had fresh soil on it. Precisely, my dear Watson. The murder Spike was undoubtedly taken from the garden. Perhaps we should have a talk with the gardener here at our earliest opportunity... (laughs) Home! Oh, oh, the... Good scream, Watson, it came from the house this time. It sounded like a creature in torment.
3: Home! Oh, look on the second floor of the house! The light's just gone out in that corner room there. Yes,
1: Watson, follow me to the house. I'm afraid the black switch of Eddington has stuck again.
2: <laughs> How come such expensive looking suits cost only 40 and $45? Well, that's what you may ask when you see the new Clippercraft suit. Especially when you examine the careful tailoring details and run your fingers over the long wearing fabrics. But it's no secret that the Clippercraft plan makes these remarkable values possible. And it doesn't take a certified public accountant to know how much money is saved for millions of family budgets when twelve hundred of this country's finest independent stores from coast to coast concentrate their huge purchasing power. Yes, you have to agree, Clippercraft, pure worsted suit, are tremendous values at only forty-five dollars. And be sure to see the new Clippercraft Craft zipper top coat that's sweeping the country. A smart, lightweight coat that becomes a warm, cold weather coat when you zip in the lining. It's an all-weather sensation. That's why men who know insist on Clippercraft Craft clothes. So be sure to visit the Clippercraft Craft store in your city. These leading stores in the metropolitan area are proud to add their names to Clippercraft Craft in your suits, top coats, and overcoats. In Manhattan, John Wanamaker Men's Stores, Broadway at 8th and 67 Liberty Street. Saks 34th, Broadway at 34th. In Brooklyn, Abraham and Strauss. In Newark, New Jersey, Boulevard Men's Shop, Kresge, Newark. And in Jamaica, the B&B Clothes Shop, 16408 Jamaica Avenue. And now, let's return to our story, Dr. Watt.
1: Well, Mr. Harris, we raced back to the house ran upstairs toward the corner bedroom whence that agonizing scream had come. It was there we found Lady Dunbar lying across the bed with a spike through her heart. The witch, the black witch of Addington Holmes. She, it has been there again. Yes, with the apparent intention of exterminating the entire family. I, uh-huh. What is it, Holmes? Here on the floor. Observe, Watson. Oh, it seems to be a bit of bark. It is indeed, Watson, an important detail of this hideous conspiracy. <laughs> Holmes, listen. Yes, the witch again, Watson. Here, over here by the window. You know, Holmes. Holmes, there she is, running across the lawn. You can see her there in the moonlight. Yes. Now she's vaulting the fence with considerable agility, I must say. Now she's plunging into the wood. Quick, Quick, Watson, Watson, after her. And have your service revolver ready. I, I don't understand this. Hmm, Watson, you don't understand what? Why, we followed that infernal creature into this grove of trees. we scoured every foot of it, and yet she's, she's vanished again. Hmm, yes. Holmes, you're not even listening to this. What the deuce are you staring at? That large oak tree, Watson. A magnificent specimen, is it not? Note the huge trunk split toward its base. Obviously a dead tree struck by lightning many years ago. Oh, dash it, Holmes, I'm not interested in botany at this moment. My feet are soaked from the night dew on this uh, blasted underbrush here. And furthermore, we've, we've got some sort of black witch to contend with us. Our... Exactly, Watson. Suppose we drop in at the gardener's cottage on our way back to the manor. I trust you observed it was situated on the very edge of this wood. Hmm. No answer, Watson. The lights are on home... Perhaps the gardener is roaming around somewhere. Yes, perhaps. Suppose we try the door. Yes. Uh-huh. It's unlocked. Come up. Everything seems to be quite in order here, Holmes. Huh? Yes, quite. I. Someone's coming. Yes. I fear we're in the rather embarrassing position of being intruders, Watson. What are you doing in my cottage? You are the gardener, I presume. Nay, nice. I'm Macready. And I've no stomach for strangers coming into my house. Who be? My name is Holmes. Sherlock Holmes. This is Dr. Watson. Uh, we, we, we just found the light on, and the door was unlocked as so we.
3: Aye.
1: Aye, the cook told me you'd come on this witch's night. She's in a cursed house, and you'd best be off when she comes. We are grateful for your advice, MacReady, but we are not ready to depart as yet. I presume you know that Lady Dunbar has been murdered. Aye. And the old lady. And her son, Lord Dunbar, before her. And the end is not yet, mark, mark. What is it, Mr. Holmes? Why do you stare at my coat so steady? I note that there's a small blood stain on your left sleeve, my dear Mr. Yes? I trust you can explain it to our mutual satisfaction? Why, yes. I, I, you see, Mr. Holmes, I killed a weasel. It was a week ago, I think. A bit of blood fell on my sleeve, no doubt. Oh, yes. No doubt. Oh, What? Oh, Hobbes, it's Bruce Lennox. Really, have you seen it? Oh, there you are, both of you. It's my aunt, Lady Dunbar. She's, she's been murdered by the witch. The black witch? Yes, Mr. Glennick, we're aware of that. You've just come from the house? Yes. Yes, I was awake in my sleep, heard a loud scream, and then I... Suppose we go back to the manor, Mr. Glennick, at once. Yes? Why? why? I would like to have a few words with your cook, Mary Whitburn. <laughs> Young Glenick told us the cook's room was down this corridor, Holmes. Yes, Watson. A very interesting young fellow, Bruce Glenick. He knew something about his tailor. Eh? His tailor? Major Holmes, what are you talking about? His suit, Watson, and specifically that area of his trousers from his knees to his boots. I can't say I noticed anything, Holmes. Didn't you, Watson? And you haven't used your eyes. The rest of his suit was well creased, but that area was out of crease Unpressed. Well, what of it? Logic, Watson. Logic. The most important indication of. Hello, here's Mary Whitburn's room. And the door's ajar. Hello, are you there? No one? Suppose we go in,
3: Watson.
1: Holmes, oh, look at this room! Yes, from every indication, our good cook with a witch's mark and a witch's name has packed and left in the utmost place. Rather strange, isn't it, Holmes? On the contrary, Watson, it's quite logical. Uh, By Joe, how's the witch again. Yes, and this time, Watson, the chase draws near to a close. This time, if all goes well, I hope to meet this hideous witch face to face. Come, Watson, back into that grove of trees. (laughs) Oh, that infernal cackling has stopped. It has indeed. But the moon has emerged and we shall be able to see it. Huh. Here we are. Here's that giant oak tree again, Watson, the one killed by lightning. What about it? The lightning it at the trunk. Note this aperture here. Oh, I still don't see why you're so interested in this confounded oak tree. Patience, Watson, patience. I'm willing to wager this tree trunk is hollow. If you'll put your hand through the aperture and tell oh, me... Oh, very well, Holmes, I'll do that. You know, but all this is rather silly. <gasps> Holmes! What is it, Watson? I... I felt something. Well... Speak up, man. What? It's something cold. It's soft. Like a human body? Yes. One side, Watson. Let me look into that trunk. Uh-huh. There is a body stuffed into this tree trunk, Watson. Good Lord. The body of a woman, an old woman, and undoubtedly the lady, elder Lady Dunbar, Lord Dunbar's mother, and first victim of the black witch of Addington. You dinner. know, Holmes, it, this is diabolical. Devilish. Yes, Watson, we're dealing with a highly distorted and cruelly twisted mentality here. I... Up, yes, Holmes? Note the way the roots of this tree are curled upwards, and the earth are turned. Yes, but, but, but I'm uh, willing to wager that when the lightning struck this oak, it created a natural cavity under the base of the tree. Holmes, what are you driving at? The final answer to this weird adventure. Come, Watson, mm. we'll go back to the gardener's cottage and get an axe. And in a very short time, this great oak should reveal its secret. <laughs> Stop here where we'll we can observe that oak tree. Edward the Holmes, you said we were going after an axe. A subterfuge, my dear Watson, to deceive our party. We'll wait until that tree reveals the secret of the man who is imposing as the Black Witch of Abingdon. The man Holmes? You mean the Black Witch is a he? Precisely, Watson. And to be even more explicit, I'm able to name the hideous murderer. Holmes, who is it? Quiet,
3: Look at the aperture in that tree.
1: By <sighs> Jove, Holmes. It's a hand. Someone's calling out from within the tree. Watson, yeah. have already Watson. Yes. yes, I do. There he comes out of that tree. Holmes, it's Bruce Glenick. Paul, Glenick, stopping your tracks. Come on, Watson. <coughs> uh. Holmes, he's still running. Hide away, Watson. Shoot to kill, a special friend.
3: Good <coughs> shot, Watson. Winged him in the leg. <coughs>
1: How is he, Watson? He's unconscious at the moment, Holmes. The pain, you know. But it's nothing serious, just a flesh wound. He'll come around in a minute. Mm-hmm. Holmes, how did you know that the witch was a man? Elementary, my dear Watson. It needed a man's strength to drive those fiendish murder spikes so deep. And it needed the agility of a young man to hurdle a four-foot fence with skirts on, as he saw the witch do. Yes, but how did you know it was young Glennick, huh? To could be no one else than Glenick. You remember he told us that he never entered this wood? That he was in bed at the time of Lady Dunbar's murder. Yes, obviously he lied. The fact that the crease was missing in his trousers, from the knee to his boots, was proof of that. The only way he could have lost that crease was running through high brush soaked with night dew, and the only high brush in the area is among these trees. By right, Jove, Holmes, you're right. He couldn't have lost the crease up to his knees by merely running across the lawn. But how you knew the witch, uh, young Glenikar, was using that hollow oak tree as a hideaway again? With... An elementary observation, Watson. We pursued the witch and lost him twice in a small area of trees. He couldn't have simply vanished among the trees. Therefore, he must have been inside one of them. The bit of bark we found in Lady Dunbar's room was oak. I see. And after that, it was merely a case of looking for a hollow oak tree large enough to... Exactly, Watson. This tree is unique in that respect. Furthermore, Bruce Genick tried to divert suspicion to MacReady, the gardener, by using the garden spike as murder weapon. Yes, but that bloodstain on MacReady's feet... Quite legitimate, Watson. The stain was old and dry, and its dark red color indicated that it had been on his feet for some days. He no doubt did kill a weasel, as he said. And the cook? Mary Whitman? Merely a terrified servant with a name fairly common to this vicinity, and an unfortunate mole. I can't say I blame her for leaving so uh, case.
3: Uh, ah, uh, our friend
1: Genick uh, is coming around. Yes, yeah, so he is. Holmes, why should young Glenick murder the members of his family, one by one? I think we may find the answer to that, my dear Watson, when we execute our original errand and chop down that accursed oak tree. Uh, Almost through it, McCready. uh, Hey, Mr. Holmes. Uh, uh, There she goes. Watson, have a look down that deep hole at the base Good Lord, Holmes, there's a great natural cavity there It's the hiding place of Bruce Gennett There's the witch's costume that he used Exactly Jennett had merely to enter the hollow tree trunk And slide down to the natural cavern Formed by the upturned roof below Holmes, look, there's an old chest down there with a cover raised And it's filled with money, too Yes, Watson, the chest of the original black witch Isabella Whitburn stole from her master, the Chief Justice, Lord William Dunbar. And then she hid it here in the tree. Back in the 17th century, precisely, she died with her secret and Bruce Lennox discovered it. And there you have the motive for his fiendish deceived, Watson. He intended to murder his family one by one so that he would finally remain sole heir of Hedercut Manor. And then he could claim the treasure for himself. Exactly. But there's a grim and appropriate end to this witch's tale, Watson. Bruce Zenich is exposed, but he'll still suffer a witch's fate on the end of a good, Scottish rope.
2: Well, Dr. Watson, that, that was an exciting adventure. Seems to me I'll be hearing screams and cackling in my sleep for the rest of my day. Yes, Mr.
1: Harris, even now I occasionally see that shadowy figure. Racing across the lawn toward that dark wood. I must say, however, that the case left no after effects on Holmes. He had the ready faculty of forgetting one adventure and plunging immediately into another. And what is next week's story, Dr. Watson? It's called The Logic of Murder. And it concerns an expert on evasions of the law and a grotesque new theory developed by a gentleman who had performed 6,000 autopsies.
2: Well, oh, Dr. Watson. We'll be waiting eagerly to hear your adventure with Mr. Holmes about the logic of murder. The makers of Flippercraft clothes and more than 1,200 stores from coast to coast have brought you another in the new series of broadcasts featuring the world's most famous detective, Sherlock Holmes. Our stories are based upon the character Sherlock Holmes created by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and the program is produced and directed by Basil Ockerman. Sherlock Holmes is played by John Stanley, Dr. Watson by George Stelman. This week's story was written by Max Ehrlich with special music by Albert Thurman. If you don't know your Clipper Craft dealer, write Clipper Craft 200 Fifth Avenue, New York City. Be sure to listen next week to Sherlock Holmes in The Logic of Murder. <laughs> this is Guy si Harris speaking for Clippercraft Clothes. This is the Mutual Broadcasting
4: System.
0: I hope I haven't kept you waiting. Yes, this is the crime club. I'm the librarian. Fear came first. Yes, we have that crime club story for you. Come right over. Mm. You're here. Good. Take the easy chair by the window. Comfortable? The book is on this shelf. Here it is. Fear Came First by Vera Kelsey. The very intriguing story of a house that was divided by fear until united by death. Let's look at it under the reading lamp. Madrona Place was the real estate empire that Grandfather Wales had built and died building. A square mile of rolling fields and woodland and lakes. And yes, a huge gray house, the manor house, the gloomy headquarters of death. It was at this house that Thor Satterland arrived one blustering evening in March. And as he waited in the icy wind, he thought of the warm reception he knew he'd get. The door opened.
3: Yes?
4: Oh. Well, what do you want? Well, oh, I'm sorry, I thought... Well, I was expecting... Take up, will you? I'm freezing. I'm Thor Well, I'm still freezing. Aldous Swinson's grandson. Oh. You see, I was expecting her to open the door, and I... Well, you'd better come in. Uh, yes, thank you.
5: Well, quickly, if you don't mind. Oh, that's better. How you Vikings can stand the cold... Now, let's take a good look at you. Oh,
4: uh, couldn't you tell me about my grandmother Mm.
5: first? Pulpcretude with muscles.
4: About my grandmother, Miss... uh... Wales, honey.
5: First cousin to Fleur. But you can call me. Who's that, Eileen? A man Beulah, And he belongs. Hulder's grandson. What? Yes. Wouldn't you like to meet him? Thank you. I have other things to do. (laughs) Isn't she charming, Thor? My aunt. By marriage. An outsider who married a son of the late Grandfather Wales. Late? Oh, didn't you know? The Lord of the Manor was tucked away in his beloved real estate six weeks ago.
4: That nice old man dead.
5: Mm -hmm. Terrible, isn't it? And he was only
4: 87. (sighs) uh, I'm going to look for my grandmother.
5: (laughs) Don't lose your wind doing it. What? She's dead, too. No. Three days ago. We buried her this morning. But she... Only last week...
4: Where's Fleur Wales?
5: You can take my word for it. I want Fleur. All right. She's upstairs in her room. Do you know anything about this place? Yes, yes. Then you ought to know where the living room is. Wait there. I'll tell her you dropped in like the handsome plague. <laughs> Thor, you know what we thought of Hulda, Grandfather Wales and I. She was more than a housekeeper to us. She was the mainstay of this house.
4: Yes, I know that, Claire.
5: Everything revolved around her. I had no mother or father except for Hulda. And that's... Please. I'm sorry. I've been trying so hard not to go to pieces. In six
3: weeks, first grandfather... Would you.
4: would you rather not talk about it now?
3: I must talk.
5: You've got a right to know how Hulda died. And why she died. Why? Yes. It's very important. It might explain many things. After Grandfather Wales passed away, they came. You met Eileen.
4: Anne Beulah.
5: Well, there's another one, Ruby Devers. Hulda resented them. They treated her like a servant, and she wanted me to send them packing. Yes. But I couldn't. They're relatives, and every single one of them seems to think that she's got a claim to this property. Ah. Hulda wouldn't understand my position. She became sullen, and then four days ago, she disappeared.
4: Oh, good grief. Wasn't that the day the big blizzard began?
5: Saturday morning. Oh,
4: yeah. I was reading about it in Chicago when I... Uh, go on, for
5: I thought she'd gone to a cottage at Cranford, the one my grandfather built for her birthday years ago. I drove there,
4: well, don't but... don't tell me she got lost in that storm.
5: I don't know what happened, Thor, but
1: she never reached Cranford. Oh, my Lord.
5: Late Sunday afternoon, some men taking the shortcut through the woods. Found
4: her. Uh, that poor old woman. What did the doctor say it was? Well,
5: the coroner told Sheriff LaRue that it was a heart attack. But there was a pretty bad bruise on her forehead. Bruise? She must have fallen against a tree. Oh, I wanted her to be patient. To wait until I could find out what those women really expected me to give them. If they had any rights to any part of the drone place. Fleur.
4: Was my grandmother afraid of these women?
5: Afraid? Well,
4: it's just an idea. Would you know?
5: I'd say that she wasn't. Or she didn't seem to be. Well, how
4: about you? Are you afraid of them?
5: I don't know. There's nothing they can take away from me. This property is mine. Grandfather Wills left it to me in his will. But... Yes? In the event of my death... It goes to them in equal shares.
4: Then you are afraid. All right. Are you going? Yes, I left my luggage at the bus stop in Laketon.
5: Then you're coming back. Well,
4: I don't have to see Chicago again for a week.
5: Good. I'll drive you to Laketon. No,
4: I want to take that shortcut through the woods.
5: Now? In the dark?
4: (laughs) Don't worry. I'm not going to have any heart attack. Uh, Just leave the front door unlocked. I might be a little late. Now, look, Sheriff LaRue, I, I don't like to say the coroner made a mistake. But you're saying it, Mr. Satterlund. Maybe my grandmother did have a heart attack. It's possible. She was 73. But that bruise on her forehead... What are you trying to do? Make out a case of murder? Well, I'm just wondering about it, that's all. You got any reasons for wondering? Yes. She gave 50 years of her life to Matrona Place. She was nurse and housekeeper to the old man. She kept him alive. You don't have to tell me, Mr. Satterlund. He was even too sick to walk. And you know what she did when Flora's father and mother were killed. Yeah, a couple of months after the girl was born. She brought her up like her own child. She wouldn't have left her. But she did. I don't believe it. That ain't evidence, Mr. huh? Well, well, then, maybe this is. Huh? What's that? A letter I received from my grandmother two weeks ago. Yeah, read it. Okay. <clears throat> Things is very bad here at Madrona Place. I do not think I know what to do. You come and I will tell you what I see and what I know. Come right away. It is... <clears throat> What's this word? Dangerous. Yeah. Did you uh, answer this letter? A week ago. Huh? And Huldah Swenson must have had your letter before she was... before she died. And she was expecting me today. Who knows about this letter? Mm, just you and me, I think. You didn't show it to the ladies of Madrona Place? Not yet. Well, don't. And say nothing about it. All right. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to pay them ladies a visit. Maybe I'll find out which one of them knows more than the book says she ought to.
5: I'm going upstairs to bed, Beulah. Good night, Eileen. But Fleur... Aren't you going to wait up for our handsome viking? The housekeeper's grandson. An ex-housekeeper's grandson, Beulah. The class distinction was buried this morning. I leave. Sorry if I've spoken disrespectfully about your sacred cow. But for the god of thunder and lightning. What a all hollow I could make with that guy. Good night. A fleur, what is it, Beulah? Look into Ruby's room, please. She went to bed with a sick headache. She might want something. You can do that yourself if you like. I've had enough of all of you. Well, one word about her precious Hulda. Oh, it isn't that, Arlene. Oh, no. It's that man, Thor Sutherland. Since he came here tonight. She's been full of vitamins, and very difficult. Why do you suppose she sent for him? I don't know. Did she send for him? Of course. She means to get rid of us. How? Oh, leave it to her. She'll find a way. Nobody can get rid of us, Bjornah. We go with the land like topsoil. I don't trust her, Eileen. You don't trust anyone, including Ruby and me. What? But that's all right. I don't trust you or Ruby either. Any day I expect to look in the mirror and find a knife in my back. How can you say that? I open my mouth and out it comes. Very well, if that's all you think of me. Oh, Beulah, let's not get sentimental. I'm thinking of my future, our future. We'll never make any progress until we learn to trust each other. (laughs) And all this because a man came to the house. He told Fleur he was going to Laketon to pick up his luggage. But that was more than three hours ago. He walked the wood path where Hulder's body was found. Why did you say that to me that way? You're worried about something, aren't you? Oh, I don't want strangers meddling in our business. And that man... Is that all? You should have been back two hours ago. Bueller, you fascinate me. I really think you're frightened. Oh, nonsense. I'm puzzled. You should be, too. I am. Oh? By only one thing. What's that, dear? Who killed Cock Robin? <clears throat> Who screamed? Keep your nightcap on, Beulah. I'm looking for that information myself. Oh, tell them to go away. Well, I shouldn't wonder that man is with her under the same roof with me. Good night, Eileen. Naughty, naughty.
4: All right, Fleur.
5: Those women. Uh,
4: Tell me what happened. Why did you scream?
5: I was dreaming, Thor, that someone was. Strangling me with my silver necklace. Yes. I had to scream. I was screaming in my dream. I couldn't breathe.
4: <laughs> you scared the living daylights out of me.
5: I'm sorry. I feel so foolish What's now. What's <gasps> the matter? This reading lamp. I turned it off before I fell asleep. Are you sure? Yes. I remember.
4: Now, uh, let me see your throat.
5: But that all it was a dream. Uh,
4: those two scratches aren't... What? Yeah. Fleur, where did you keep that necklace?
5: I dropped it on the dressing table. No place else? Isn't it there? No. Well, then look on the chest of drawers. All right. I know I didn't put it away. I took it off and I dropped
4: it. i will go, Fleur. But, Thor, it must be. You mean it should be. Uh, you weren't dreaming, Fleur. Somebody tried to kill you. Oh, no. When you started to scream, she got scared and ran out with a necklace. Who? I'm going to ask Sheriff LaRue to answer that question tomorrow. Just keep your door locked tonight. Oh, good morning, Sheriff. Hello, Thor. Oh, I got frost in my bones. The ladies up here? No, they're in the dining room. Good. Yeah, take off your coat. No, thanks. I ain't staying any longer than I have to. Well, suit yourself. Always do. Well, good morning, ladies.
3: Well, Sheriff LaRue,
5: we're just having breakfast. Would you like to drop into a cup of coffee? Eileen, please.
4: Beulah, my dried-up conscience. Uh, where's the other one, Fleur?
5: The other one? He means Ruby, darling. She's still sleeping, Sheriff.
4: Somebody wake her up and get her down here.
5: Why, Sheriff?
4: I want everybody present, Fleur. I, uh, changed my idea about the way Hulda Swenson died. Why? Oh. I got evidence it might have been murder.
5: Murder? But what evidence, Sheriff? Fleur, Don't you know it's the law that asks all the questions? Eileen, when I want advice from That's you. That's I... all
4: right, ma'am. You better go upstairs and get Ruby, Miss Eileen. I like you less every time you open your mouth.
5: Now, see here, you bundled up Mackinaw. Go ahead.
4: I've got a jail with vacancies.
5: Well... Since
4: you put it so nicely.
5: All right, now. But Sheriff LaRue, why should anyone want to kill Holder?
4: Because she had information.
5: Detrimentals to Fleur, of course.
4: Now, oh, wait a minute, Beulah. You're going to say that she killed my grandmother.
5: Young man, I had rather you wouldn't speak to me after what I saw last night.
4: What's that?
5: He and... Oh, it was too disgraceful.
4: Now, look, ma'am. I'm not
5: going to talk about it, Sheriff. They can tell you if they want to. I've got something else to explain. Yeah, I suppose you've been wondering what Eileen and Ruby and I have been doing in this house. Sort of. Well, we've been trying to reestablish our claim to this property.
4: Huh? Uh, What about it, Frank?
5: I don't know. Grandfather Wales left Madrona Place to me. It's in his will. Then they arrived with notions. Don't believe it. The three of us are not crazy. Oh, please. I didn't say you were. But nothing is... ...ever been said to me about any of you. I'm willing to let you prove your claims. I haven't tried to stop you. No, you haven't. I let you examine my grandfather's papers, his files. I've exposed the entire house to you. I could have put you out any time I wanted, but I didn't. I didn't even suggest it, did I, Bewell? Oh, well, you were not doing it out of kindness, Fleur. No. I wanted to be fair with you and the others. Hulda didn't agree with me. And she's dead. And last night... One of you tried to kill me. What? She's lying, Sheriff, with my silver necklace while I was sleeping. You could still see the marks on my throat. Look.
4: Yeah, I was going to tell you about it, Sheriff. Well, and all because of some real estate.
5: That's worth about a half million dollars.
4: Oh, it's you again. Now, where... But you haven't heard the whole story, Sheriff.
5: Old Man Wales was my grandfather, too. But I didn't live here with him. I couldn't spin his top when it came to making a will. That's what I've been having to put up with, Sheriff. But it wasn't because you loved it. It was because you knew our grandfather had no right to leave all this property to you. He didn't buy it with his own money. You tell him, Beulah. His three sons and Ruby paid for half of it. And one of his sons was my husband. And one was my father. You get the idea, Sheriff? The kids chipped in to make a home for the old man, but only on a promissory basis. Yes. When Grandpapa died, and he did... His sons, or their leftovers, would get what they're entitled to. And that's all we want.
4: But surely if that was the understanding, your grandfather would have kept records.
5: That, my sinewy Viking, is what we contend, but we haven't been able to prove as yet.
4: Well, that's not my department, unless it adds up to murder. When's Ruby coming down? She isn't. Now, see here, you tell her. You
5: tell her. I don't know where she is. Why? She's vanished, Bag and some of her baggage. Oh, my.
4: Are you thinking of last night, Beulah?
5: Yes, after Fleur screamed. What about it, ma'am? Eileen and I came out of our rooms to see what was wrong, but Ruby didn't. And maybe she didn't have to. If she knew why Fleur was screaming. Eileen, are you suggesting that Ruby tried to kill me? I'm not suggesting, Fleur. Wait till the law sees what I found. But
4: where are you going? To
5: get something I left in the hall. Now, handle with care. And don't get any fingerprints on it.
4: Now, look, miss, if I've got to listen to any more of your corny I jokes...
5: drop the handkerchief and rest. a paperweight.
4: There's blood on it.
5: What a team. We can't lose the pennant.
4: Where'd you get this?
5: On the floor in Ruby's closet. She must have forgotten to take it.
4: Yeah, I'll bet. Like she forgot to take herself. You must think I'm a fool.
5: That's my paperweight, Sheriff.
4: I don't care who it belongs to, Fleur.
5: Ruby asked me if she might use it in her room.
4: Huh? When?
5: Several days ago.
4: Before Hulda Swenson was killed?
5: Yes. But Sheriff a... This
4: is what it was done with Fleur. Huh. I'd better see about finding Ruby.
5: Laura, oh, uh, why must we go to Cranford?
4: I told you, Fleur, I want to see my grandmother's cottage.
5: Yes, but why? Well,
4: Ruby disappeared. She killed my grandmother, tried to kill you.
5: Do you think she's hiding there? I
4: don't know of a better place. Wouldn't it be
5: slightly ridiculous? So close to Madrona Place? No one would
4: think of looking for her there.
5: You thought of it. No. So Sheriff LaRue most likely thought of it, too. But you're not going to Hulda's cottage to find Ruby. No. You believe them. Eileen and Bueller about their claims to Madrona Place. Now,
4: nah, uh, wait a minute.
5: You know that Helder was very methodical. She used to keep records of everything. Yes,
4: but that doesn't Please mean... Please don't
5: deny it, Thor. You're going to the cottage to see if you can't find something to prove their claims. Don't
4: you want them proved?
5: Yes, if they can be. But if there's anything at the cottage, I'd rather the sheriff found it.
4: Well, that's what I'm not... what I'm going there for. Oh? My grandmother was crazy about keeping diaries. I want to find out if she's left one of her little books at the cottage. Why? She knew something, Fleur. What? There's no case against Ruby or anyone else without it. Come on, Fleur. Yes. You don't have to be so tame.
5: I don't like what we're doing, Thor.
4: Now, you're going to worry about what the sheriff will say. Good heavens. Look at this place. Cyclone couldn't have done a better job of tearing down. (laughs) Everything except the walls.
5: Let's get out of here, Thor. Ah,
4: And even they've been ripped wide open in places. Thor,
5: I can't bear to look at it. I'll I'll wait for you in the car. Ah,
4: I'll go with you. Somebody with the same idea as mine beat me to it. Calder's cottage. If yeah, there's any evidence in there, it's gone with a killer. I think we'll find Sheriff sure LaRue we'll and tell him about this. No, please take
5: me home. You can tell him about it later. Thor, those men. What are they doing on my
4: property? Oh, I don't... Oh, uh there's Sheriff LaRue, let's ask him. Sheriff! Sheriff LaRue. Huh? Oh. What's happening?
5: Well, what are those men doing? What are they looking for?
4: Oh, no, there's nothing to get excited about, Fleur. Those are some of my boys and some boys from the DA's office. Where you been? Cranford. My grandmother's cottage. Oh yeah. Pretty messy, ain't it? Oh, you've been there? Not me. I sent one of my boys. He gave me a first-hand report.
5: But those men, Sheriff, what are they looking for?
4: Ruby Devers. What? Sheriff. It's just a hunch, kiddies. I've got an idea she never left this property. I don't get it. It's very simple. This is sparsely populated country. Once the people in these parts see a face, they never forget it. And nobody I talked to seen Ruby Devers' face today. But, Sheriff, that doesn't mean she... It could, Mr. Satterman. There's only a couple of places that lady could have gone to. On one of them's the woods. She wouldn't have a chance in there against this kind of cold. Well, what about lakes in the bus stop? Uh, she didn't get there, son. How do you know? The man at the station told me. He knows everybody that lives in this neck of the woods, even if they're only visited. And he's seen no ruby devers. Hey, Sheriff. Huh? Eh? You better come here. I think we found something. Okay, be right there. Oh. Now you take Claire into the house, Mr. Satterland. I'll be along as soon as I've got something to tell you. Oh. Isn't anybody going to talk?
5: Sure. Ask a question and we'll give you 20 answers. I Eileen, mean, there goes my conscience again. Well, this is no time to be flippant. With the sheriff expecting to find Ruby's dead body out there. Would you cut your throat if he did? Thor? Yes? Yeah. Will you look out of the window, please? Oh, now
4: listen, Flo. Oh,
5: go and look out of the window and be thankful she doesn't ask you to jump.
4: Why don't you shut up for a change?
5: I can. It's no hardship among friends. That must be the sheriff. Well.
4: We've got her, Flair. Where was she? In the well.
5: Good heavens. Pussy in the well. Who put her there?
4: That's what I mean to find out, Miss Eileen. From the person who done it. You know? Yeah. She was already dead, Flair, when her body was thrown in there.
5: How, Sheriff?
4: I want the killer to tell me. Don't you know how she was killed? I know, Mr. Sutherland. Well, does anybody want to talk to me alone? Uh... Would it help if I say I've known the killer since early this morning?
5: What are you talking about, Sheriff?
4: I knew Ruby Devers didn't kill Holder Swinch. What? I think you're bluffing.
5: Why didn't you make an arrest?
4: I wasn't ready, Miss Eileen. Ruby had to be found first.
5: Are you ready now? Mm Mm-hmm. Then make it, why don't you?
4: Yeah. So am I going to have to do all the talking?
5: Well, if you want a prisoner.
4: How about it, Fleur?
5: I don't know, Sheriff.
4: Is this your silver necklace, the one you were choked with last night?
5: Yes. Where did you find it?
4: The diver found it in the well.
3: Oh.
4: It was used to kill Ruby Devers. One of them. No, Mister Satterton. Fleur. Oh, you're crazy. She was almost murdered herself. I think when she gets ready to talk, she'll tell a different story. What those scratches on her on her, her throat? Oh, nails did that, didn't they, Fleur?
5: Sheriff LaRue, you've never been so mistaken in your life.
4: I've known you for a long time, young lady, as a neighbor. I thought you'd want to talk to me alone.
5: If I had anything to say.
4: You have, but I'll say it. You killed Holder Swenson. Now, look here, Sheriff. Sit down, Mr. Sutherland, I'm talking now. You killed her, Fleur, because she knew that you would kill your grandfather.
5: Of course.
4: It was your job to bring him his medicine. The last attack he had, you let him die without the medicine.
5: You'll have to prove that, Sheriff.
4: Huldah knew it. She also knew that your grandfather left no will.
5: No will? But the paper she told us about, the paper that was filed. A forgery,
4: ma'am. Hulda Swenson knew that, too. From the day of the old man's death, she lived in terror of the girl she had raised from the cradle. That's why she wrote to you, Mr. Satterton. Laura, is that true?
5: He hasn't proved it yet?
4: But he can't be making it up. It's too much. Don't worry about the proof. I've got it. Hulder's diary.
5: What? Where did you find
4: it? In the safe deposit box in Cranford. And with it, Fleur, were memos of all the money the old man had received from his sons and Ruby Devers for the development of Madrona Place.
5: All right. I killed Hulder. And I forged the will. I didn't want to divide this property with strangers. It was my home. A half million dollars worth.
4: Why did you let the old man die?
3: He
5: was going to make out a will, giving them shares. Fifty percent. I lived at Madrona Place all my life. And he was going to let them take over my home.
4: What about Ruby Devers?
5: She saw Miss Skye Calder with that paperweight. And then she tried to force me to sign a paper giving her half of this property. I had to kill her, just as I had to kill Hulda, because she was going to tell Thor what I'd done.
4: Come on, Fred.
5: Now they're going to take Madrona place, my home.
3: They're going to take away my home. Well,
5: don't ever mention that word to me again, Beulah. What? That's better. Thor? Yes? Would you like to tell me a story? About what? Um, You can go now, Beulah. You're making a crowd.
0: And so closes tonight's crime club book, Fear Came First, based on a story by Vera Kelsey. Stedman Coles did the radio adaptation, Roger Bauer produced and directed, Sidney Smith played Thor Sutherland, and Helen Shields was Fleur Wales, Grace Coppin was Eileen, Irene Hubbard was Bueller, and Cameron Proudhon played Sheriff LaRue. Oh, I beg your pardon. Hello, I hope I haven't kept you waiting. Yes, this is the Crime Club. I'm the librarian. Yes, come over a week from tonight. Good. We have a very unusual story about a dead man who captured a murderer. It's called Dead Man Control by Helen Riley. In the meantime? Well, in the meantime, there is a new Crime Club book available this week and every week at bookstores everywhere. Yes, it's available now. Fine. And we look for you next week. Crime came from New York. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.
1: That's going to do it for Case Closed. For this week, you can find more from Sherlock Holmes, Crime Club, past episodes of Case Closed, and all the other Relic Radio podcasts at the website, where else? RelicRadio.com. You'll also find our shoutcast stream there and our donate button if you'd like to help support this and all of the shows. Help keep them coming to you every week. Visit donate.relicradio.com or click on the link. Your support makes it all possible. Thanks to those who have helped out. Thanks for joining me today. Be back next Wednesday with another hour of Case Closed.